What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League podcast here on FanReg Sports. My name is Sebastian Noren. With me is Elliot Niblock and Polly Questel. Uh, unfortunately, we had some te- technical difficulties last episode, so that's why it's been a while, and that's why you won't hear us talk about all the fantastic action that went down in the second leg of the Champions League, unfortunately. We will not talk about that. We really broke it down well, though. We really broke it down well. It was probably <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, just assume that everything that we said was brilliant. Cause I'm was. not like, no, I know a lot. Like, we really did a good job on that one. <laughs> That yeah, was I not a hot take. I also picked Arsenal to lose two to one. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the one episode I'm not there, it was awesome, but it didn't get posted. Okay. Yeah. Moving Paul, on. Paulie, bigger and brighter things. Yeah. No. No. Well, I mean, that was a great. Really? Segue. Is it brighter, Elliot? Is it brighter? Uh, yeah. That was yeah, a good well, segue, Polly. So, <laughs> Polly picked the correct result for Newcastle Arsenal. I think we'll just start there because we're all going to be miserable during this episode, anyways. So, yeah, Newcastle. Hey, at least, you know, Misery loves company. At least we've got some company here. Yeah, that's true. I mean, huge win for Newcastle and Rafa Benitez uh, beating Arsenal 2-1. to one. Uh, Well, and not only just beating Arsenal for the first time in a decade, which it was a decade, but they also mathematically secured safety with that win. Yeah. So they came back, they went 1-0 down, uh, like I said, scored for Arsenal. And then Ayose Perez and Matt Ritchie scored for Newcastle. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin picked up an assist too, so that's good for the for the U.S. boy to get the some. The U.S. Uh, who are not playing in the... Yeah, that's going to bode really well this summer, Seb. No, I'm just saying it's good for him, you know? Yeah, want to see yeah him. great. He'll be like 30 by the time uh, we're going to be looking for the next right back when he gets a chance to play in the next World Cup. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Don't, it will be 30. It will literally be 30. I just did the math in my head there. No, no I'm, not, really I'm, not, I'm not doubting his age. 26? I'm pretty sure he was 20. Oh, no, he was 20 at the last World Cup. So yeah, he'll be no, he's, he'll be 28. He'll be in his prime. It's fine. We're going to. We're going to do great things in the world. I Cup don't know if it's fine, labor in Qatar. <laughs> don't just tell me it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I would be more worried by the fact that Josie Altidore isn't that old. I would be more worried by the Josie fact Altidore that... Josie Altidore is out the door world until Jose Mourinho becomes the U.S. manager. Uh, so next, next fall, after the World Cup, when Jose is named U.S. manager, Josie Altidore will be back in our lives. Oh, great. How much... <laughs> w- I mean, that's not going to happen, but just to how... It's not going to happen, but, like, it's a non-zero possibility. Yes, but how miserable would you feel if you took over? No. Oh, my it's... God. You know what? I wouldn't feel I – would, I would – because I'm a sadist, I would be, like, <laughs> to all of my friends who have been, like – who I have a friend who, like, for two years was on the, like, we need Jose Mourinho to come in and be the U.S. men's national team manager. For Ugh. two years he was saying that, and I was trying to – and this is before he was United manager. I was trying to be, like – you have to understand how terrible of an idea that is. Um, yeah. And just everybody else who, who doesn't really understand the plight of, of rooting for a Jose Mourinho team or what would happen if you have Christian Pulisic being managed by Jose Mourinho, I, I, would, I would welcome them in to be like, look, just so I could be like the see I told you so sign, except for the fact that I've been saying that for however many months it's been since we hired Bruce Arena. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we'll see if Jos Josmer. How do you say his first name? Josmer. Sure, uh, Seb, you're our resident pronunciation expert. Don't ask us. 
I mean, I don't even know the origin of the name Josmer, but Josmer Altidor. Altidor, his like given name is Josmer. Oh, what a play! What a play! Paulie is probably talking about hockey, just to no, give you Mets all context. No, Mets just like laid down like the unbelievable suicide squeeze. <laughs> uh, baseball, man. Yeah. Uh, yep. I don't have no Mets idea so what that good. means, so we'll just remember. Remember how the Mets were supposed to be terrible this year, and now they're like the best team in baseball. Only, only, games in? only non-Mets fans thought that. Mets fans were just like, "Well, we're all probably going to get injured," um, in which case it'll end up poorly. But if we're not injured. Like we have a fantastic roster. Okay, well, let's get back to Arsenal. So another another. <laughs> back... If they're not injured, have a fantastic roster. Nope, we can't even say that anymore. No. Yeah. No. Again. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough spot for them. They're only two points ahead now of Burnley. Yeah, I mean the thing is that it's not that tough. Like that, this is Arsenal being Arsenal <laughs> and choking. You know it's April, like their late season, home. their late season surge to finish the season was supposed to have started already. Yeah, it was supposed to, but also their abysmal form away from home is dogging them. And yeah, they're the only team in the league not to have a point, not a single point, not a single Wait, point what? away from home, not a single what? point, not a single point away from home in this calendar year. Okay, all right, there, that's, but a, that's, that's still a very big abysmal. Qualifier. That's a very big qualifier. Yeah, yeah. but it's still abysmal. And I mean, they still only have the twelfth best away record in the league. Yeah, no, they're yeah bottom that's, of the table and away. Pretty terrible. Yeah, no, and and the thing is that their first, I'm in other in in another context, I would be furious about this, but I'm not because like all of our focus <laughs> is on the Europa League. And, I was gonna say, have you given yeah. up? Well, no, I mean for the league, more or less. You know, it, they have to play for pride to try to finish above Burnley. Burnley, like. If the Burnley Clarets finish ahead of the Arsenal Gunners, then all credit to them. They deserve all of the plaudits, but at the same time, Arsenal can't let that happen. And they might let that happen, but their sights are clearly focused on the Premier League. The only positive that I can take from this game is that, you know, we saw what can happen with the pace of Aubameyang playing combined with Lacazette. They scored a beautiful goal to go one up, and then they were flat and tepid and saw, once again, terrible defending from Mustafi, concede a goal. Burnley looked... Uh, Burnley. <laughs> Newcastle looked the more likely side to score for the majority of the match, and they deserved the win. They they absolutely deserved all three points. Arsenal didn't deserve anything from the match, no matter how beautiful their first goal was. But it's... Uh, and I feel, I feel, in some sense, similar to the United fans wanting Jose to tank, and that, yeah, of course I want us to win the Europa League, but at the same time, Wenger has to go. He has to go, and this is evidence of that. Well, I mean, that's a fact, too. I don't think that a, any Europa League win should be enough to save his job. But it, But it would be. It would be, which is frustrating, but I'm also, you know, I support the club. And so, obviously, I want us to win any trophy that we have a chance of winning. So, I want us to win the Europa League, even though in the long durée, I fear that, yeah, you're right. It, it shouldn't save his job, but it probably will. I tell you what, May 6th, when Arsenal have to travel to Burnley, Arsenal, who have not picked up any points uh, 
away from home in this calendar year and are falling out of Europe trying to take on a team that uh, really likes how high they are in the standings, but also kind of really doesn't want to play in Europe. That's that's going to be a fun one. I mean, that's the thing. Burnley going so, so well. They're on the strongest form of all Premier League teams right now. Five wins in the last five games. But but if if they go to the Europa League, I could see them getting stretched pretty thin. Well, but the thing is, no, they're, I don't think that that's correct, though, Paulie, that I'm pretty sure Arsenal host Burnley. You're right. I'm looking at Burnley's schedule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, and if Arsenal were, but let's be clear, like Arsenal traveling to Burnley in early May, say nothing of the history of late surges, I would expect them to lose that game, 100%. Uh, at the Emirates, we'll see. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a kind of, Two faced. It's a draw. I will say I've been I've been I'm really mad that Chelsea beat Southampton because watching Chelsea and Arsenal try really hard to free fall out of the European spots while South while Leicester and Burnley try really hard to like stay right where they are and not overtake them has been pretty fascinating. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Are you saying nobody wants to play in the Europa League? I'm just saying I think these teams, especially Burnley, because you you literally, if you're Burnley, you cannot go to the Europa League with the squad that you have. And I think they would fall victim to the we need to sign a bunch of players and that would throw off the hegemony in the side. Uh, sort of like what happened in the first half of the season at Leicester last I mean, year. You don't have to. You can always just lift up some kids and then, you know, at least give it the old college try in the Europa League. I, which ultimately I think is what they would do. Um, I just, again, like if you finish seventh and you get handed that qualifying spot for the Europa League, like mm-hmm. I think that's great because then you get to play those games in August where you're not stretched so thin and you get to give the kids a shot and see what they could do in these real games. And you probably will fall and you'll fall out, which is good because you get your your European game at Turf Moor, you get to make a European trip, but you're not committed to playing six Thursdays over the course of the fall and plus the League Cup and, and getting tripped up with all that. I mean, it would be kind of cool to see them make it in. But... I agree with you. But I, agree I, I, with you, but I, I agree. From the club's perspective, yes. again, we've, we've spoken about this on the show plenty of times. It's, it's don't grow too fast. Yep. You know, establish yourself somewhere. You know, Burnley, where were they last year? They were really hard to beat at home and they couldn't do anything away from home. So now they've actually, you know, they kept that home thing and now they figured out the away thing. And now it's just, you know, establish yourself as this mid table club, take a while to to build there, then say, okay, now we want the Europa league. Um, And then once you're there for a while, then you say, okay, now we want to compete for the top four. I mean, look at Tottenham. That's exactly what Tottenham did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I do think that they might be a tendency to go out and spend if they do make it in. Like you said, and that that would be, I mean, it's never a bad thing to have good players, of course, or have a lot of good players, but spending for spending. But sake, it's hard to, it's mm. yeah, and it's hard to, you know, like here's well, here's the thing is maybe you could attract better players. Are those better players going to buy into the Sean Dyche philosophy? Maybe, maybe not. If you bring in, you know, a player that you know, you know like a, a just another player that you know is a hard worker and is going to buy into that Sean Dyche philosophy, that's fine. But that's probably not going to be like a needle-moving signing, in which case, 
that's if if you're going out there to spend because you're in the Europa League, like that's probably not the sign you're going to make. No, no, and that that's where it comes down to, you know, having a good relationship with the manager and you know the, whoever's in charge of recruiting as far as Burnley goes, and really handpicking the players that fit that team. They could definitely use a uh, a striker or two because they've only scored 33 goals in 33 games in the league. Yeah. But they don't they, give they, up goals. Though. No, that's the thing, though. They're very good defensively. Only allowed twenty nine. That's you know why they're at you know where they're at right now in seventh. So, kudos to Burnley. Let's move over to Manchester United, and they lost one nothing to West Brom, and that made it you know mathematically impossible for them to catch up to Manchester City, who got to sell. We can give credit to Man City. They won the title. I, yes. I know you've been beating around this bush. It's yeah. it's almost absurd that we haven't mentioned it yet. <sighs> so now, I it is kind we, of absurd we, that we haven't mentioned it. We yet. have we have mentioned it since October. So yes. you know, like it, it has been a far gone conclusion. Now it is actually official. You get your guard of honor every game. Um, kudos, you beat Tottenham. They played very well against Tottenham to beat them. Um, and like I like Elliot and I discussed uh, on on Wednesday and what we'll call the Dave Chappelle lost episodes. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. Your special team won nothing. You won the premier league and you won the league cup and that's it. And so much for you being this quote unquote special team and greatest in premier league history. You won nothing. Yeah. They still won a league cup double. <laughs> Again, though we had this discussion, you know, this was the yeah. team that was supposed to go undefeated in four competitions and, uh, at the very least, be either undefeated on the season or at least win a treble. Double is still a double, and they're most likely going to break 100 goals. So they're pretty good. I've, I'll give them that. Yeah, 3-1 to one win. They're very good. 3-1 to one they're win for good, City but, at Wembley. But their special team didn't, didn't do anything. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, Ilkay Gundogan, and Raheem Sterling with the goals. So good on them. I mean, we got to talk United losing to West Brom, right, though. Right, right. Kudos to Jose because City win the title and Jose manages to keep the story on himself by doing what Jose does and being incredibly negative. <laughs> so, yeah, Jay Rodriguez with the lone goal in this one, 73rd minute, and it's another one of those games where you just put, you know, your face in your palms and you're like, how is this even possible? I mean, I actually read an article today about how it's possible. Um, <laughs> it was really an interesting article because it it really de- delved into a lot of different things about how Mourinho's lost doesn't trust a lot of the players and how you know his attacking how his attack really uh, prevents certain you know he doesn't really let his fullbacks get forward, which really prevents the attack from getting going because they don't use wide players and how you know he tried to change things up and maybe it's when he signed Paul Pogba is he acknowledged the fact that he used to play a certain way and he wanted to change that but at the same time you know he still he just can't stop Mourinhoing like he, he gets in, it's I have to go back to this pragmatic let's win this game one nil approach the weird thing about the article is that it, it listed all these issues that are kind of caused by Mourinho but never actually su- even merely suggested the fact that the problem might be Mourinho. 
Oh yeah, no, it's he's definitely the problem. And and it actually said, well, you know, like the players responded to his words in the second half um, last week against City. So clearly, they're still hearing his message. But no, like it goes back to what Elliot said last week in that. When, when I said this probably saves his job and Elliot said, well, maybe not because it was Ashley Young and it was Michael Carrick who really got mad in the dressing room. And yeah, Jose yeah. got mad too, but it was the players who got mad and the players who responded to the players. You cannot tell me that they are hearing his message when Jose's message the entire week after the, and it started right <laughs> after the game. And, and this is just one of the reasons why United need to fire him which was so evident after this game because he's completely lost the plot and he has no idea what's going on. But after the game, he said, you know, it started last week. He said, what's important is not getting complacent. You can't just say, oh, we we beat City. We had this great comeback and now we can just walk through everybody else. We can't do that. And he said, all week he's been preaching complacency, complacency. We can't get complacent. The players were as complacent as can be. So if that's what you were saying to them all week, then do not tell me that they are hearing his message. Yeah, we got to take a quick break here. We'll be right back and we'll continue discussing all the wonderful things from the Premier League. So stick around. Okay, and we're back, Pauly. He's not done with his little rant here about Mourinho. So take it away, Pauly. Well, I just said, you know, he's, he needs, at this point, United now need to fire. And it's, it's not because we're frustrated about certain things and, and this, he's lost the plot. And he's now lost. He's really almost, it's like he's starting a, war, a media war with the fans in that you go in after, he's already questioned, oh, he's already questioned the uh, team's football heritage um, a couple weeks ago. And then you go out there after the game and you sit there and you say, uh, you know, the, I can't react like the, you know, the fans were getting so excited about Manchester City and he was like, like, it's the biggest game in the world, and it's it's one win. And he goes, I've won eight titles. Like, I can't get excited about one win. As if, like, look, beating Manchester City is a big freaking deal. Same with beating yeah. Liverpool if you're a United fan. And guess what? Now, I have only been watching United for about 15 years. I've only seen them win the league five times. There are people that are not much older than me that have seen them do it 13 times. Mm-hmm. That's more than eight, Jose. And... They know what it's like to win the league. And th- but they also know when you beat City, that's a big-ass game. And I have seen so many big goals from United. I've seen so many, so many different things. I don't remember them. But I remember Rooney's two goals at the Etihad, followed by Van Persie's free kick. I remember that Skulls header. I remember, uh, you know, no one's forgotten Juan Mata's bicycle kick against, at Anfield. No one's forgotten Berbatov's hat trick. Um, against Liverpool, you don't forget those things because those are bigger games. So you can't go out there and just say, oh, those, those games are, it's just, it's just another game. Now you've, now you've, you're, you're starting a war with the fans. Then you go out there and criticize the team and you say, well, the whole game was one extra pass and one extra trick. And, you know, we weren't playing fluid. We were, everybody was just trying to one more, this one more, this no kidding. Look at who you put on the field. You put Pogba, Sanchez, Mata, you put all of your tricky playmakers that play with the ball at their feet, you know, that love to that love to do those little tricks. You put them all on the field. You wanted to play direct. Well, you left Lingard out. You left Rashford out. You left Martial out. Yep. That's your fault. And what United now, and this is the big reason, is 
is if you don't learn from history, you're you're doomed to repeat it. And what people will say is, okay, they're in second. You know, we're overreacting. They are in second place. Where were they last year? Where were they the year before? Where were they the year before that? You know, this is our best finish since 2013. Yes. And people will also say, all right, I understand, you know, United fans sit on this high horse of they want to be entertained, but it's football's a results business. Well, when they lose to Tottenham on Saturday, which is going to happen, <laughs> um, and that's an obje- I, I objectively think that, that they are going to lose to Tottenham. I thought they were going to lose to Tottenham last week after beating City. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with the West Brom game. I thought they would lose to Tottenham. So when they lose to Tottenham, United aren't going to be able to win anything this year. And finishing second is not winning anything. But, no, and especially it's not like you're, oh, we were so close, we were just two points behind. No, you're 16 points behind right, right you're, now. You're knowing you're close. And in certain situations, you know, like when Tottenham finished second last year and when they finished third because Arsenal pipped them on the last day when Leicester won it, but really they kind of finished second, you had the feeling that <laughs> you can... They did not finish second. They did not finish second. All right, all right, calm down there. Either way, they <laughs> finished third. All right, all right, they finished third, which was better than they had finished before, mm-hmm. and then they followed that up a year, late, a year later by finishing second. And each of those times, you had a feeling, we, you know, we could build on that, and maybe next year we can meet for the title. Now, you knew Pep was around, like that wasn't going to happen, but there was that feeling. Now, you know what Jose Mourinho does. He, you know, he gets all of his chips on the table, he wins a title in his second year. In his third year, shit kind of falls apart. And he leaves the team in a bigger mess than he finds it. Mm-hmm. At the moment, he has the team is not in a bigger mess than he found it. He is actually at the moment the team is better than what Mourinho founded it. But they finished second. Is there any feeling that United can build on this next year? No, this all just feels like they brought in a bunch of things to win now. Like Sanchez is old. Um, Matic is old. Valencia and Young are ancient. The young players aren't playing. Hey, they're and, my age. Stop it now. Well, for soccer terms. Yes. <laughs> so it, it just it doesn't feel like you're going to come back with this, especially when you realize that Mourinho has now jettisoned a large group of the team. If Mourinho stays, Rashford is leaving. Um, Luke Shaw is 100% leaving. Yeah. Rashford is most likely. Rashford apparently is wants to leave if Mourinho stays because he wants to play, and mm. I don't blame him. Yeah. Martial, a lot of rumors Ooh. there. Martial is out the door. Luke Shaw's leaving. And then there's the fact that Mourinho wants to um, get rid of a lot of players. But what he's saying is all he ever says is, oh, I don't have players. I don't have, I don't have players. He never talks about I don't have center backs or I don't have fullbacks. Yeah. Those are, the, those are the people you need. You have plenty of players up front. In fact, you brought in Alexis Sanchez, which has done nothing but upset the squad. You won't bench Romelu Lukaku, even though you have two other strikers that at times fit what you want to do better. He, just, he doesn't know what's going on anymore. And if you let him stay for another year, um, if you let him stay for another year, you have Rashford, Martial, Luke Shaw, and Pogba. All of them are gone. You know? And then what happens next year when the team is, is in a firing flame of, of dog shit yeah. is he leaves and now you're actually in a big mess that could have been prevented had you not just said, you know what, like, it's not working out. And the problem is, is Mourinho's best skill is he's a people schmoozer. He's a people pleaser. He can work a room like nobody else. So he could convince Ed Woodward, who's a buffoon, and he can convince <laughs> the board 
Well, that that's he's got a plan, and then he's doing the right thing. Yeah, but you you got to take your responsibility as a team here then to have a united front and be like, this is not working. We we need a new guy in charge. Right, you do, you do, and I and I really I hope the players. I mean, it's it's such a really bad precedent though if all the players are going to sit around and say we're not going to play for this manager. But having said that, there is one manager in the world that I that I would be okay with that happening to. And then I could see it happening to because literally Chelsea quit on him. Yeah. Chelsea literally quit on him. And after he went out on, on the world to try to convince the world that Eden Hazard was a bad player and he's doing the same thing to Pogba right now. And what, and that article that I've mentioned before, the, the writer signed off by saying, you know, United have really good players. They have this and he goes, and they have a historically great manager. You're right. But historically great doesn't mean currently great. Arsene Wenger yeah. is a historically great manager. Arsene Wenger had a great run of success. Arsene Wenger changed the way that, fo- that football was played in England. He's not great anymore. And it, it just it goes to show you how great Sir Alex Ferguson was because he was always able to adapt. And there's no doubt that in a one-off match, Jose Mourinho can be great. You know, he, what he did to Ajax in the Europa League final last year was brilliant. Mm-hmm. He tactically destroyed them, but at the same time, he just had Fellaini out there and had them kick through, had them kick long balls to him because he was the biggest person on the pitch. It wasn't a Mourinho performance, but tactically, it was brilliant. But he can't bring it every game in and out if that's how you're going to play against West Brom. You're going to play a defensive 4-3-3 with two holding midfielders and no one to run through the channels, and then you're and then you're going to blame the team for trying one extra trick each time. I mean, they have nowhere to go. Yeah. I hear it's you. It's my new haircut. It's my new haircut. That's the whole problem. Yep. Yeah, it's the haircut. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... He's, he's just, he's lost the plot, and the team needs to see that because he's picking a war with the fans, and they're going to lose fans if they keep him. Yeah. It's, it's going to get, we're at the point where it's going to get worse. He put all of his chips in the bag this year, and they, they didn't, come up with anything and you can't sell i mean you didn't you don't bring in jose Mourinho to win fa cups and europa leagues you bring him in to sell your soul so you can win a league title he didn't win <laughs> one and if you don't win anything this year what are you selling you can't sell a second place finish when it doesn't seem like you're going to be able to replicate that next year no and it's exactly that there's no I don't see any growth with this team under his leadership. I just don't. I mean, I still feel like Liverpool, are, they're in a better spot. Spurs are in a better spot. They are, yeah. The, yeah, the, the benefit that United have are Chelsea are not in a better spot and Arsenal are not in a better spot. So next year, I mean, next year we could easily see a top three and a distant battle for fourth. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's move over to uh, scoring predictions. We have a couple of midweek fixtures here that we need to predict. Uh, first, there's one makeup. Nothing fix- Nothing going on at the bottom of the table? I mean, yeah. Huddersfield. Okay, fine. Fine. We'll go long today. Huddersfield. <laughs> moving up to 15th place with a one nothing win over Watford. Eight big, points big clear, four games to go. Yeah. Top- the American manager. Yeah, Tom Inns in stoppage time with the lone goal in that one. Um, wasn't he supposed to be a really, you know, one of the big next thing? 
Yeah, never, like, never really he, he was on United's radar. I mean, now it's because of his dad, but... No. Oh, well. Yeah, Crystal Palace, they also won. They took a 3-2 win over Brighton. Uh, that, was a, that was a fun game. That was your fun relegation snuff snuff game. Yep. Joe Hart, Joe Harding today at, at the West Ham game. Yep, 1-1 between West Ham Peter, and Peter Stoke. Crouch and Andy Carroll scoring in the last 10 minutes. There's a joke to be made there. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so looking at the bottom of the table, West Brom still dead last, 24 points. Stoke and Southampton on 28 points, although Southampton, they have a game in hand on Stoke. Right above the drop zone, we find Swansea, 33 points, then Crystal Palace, 34. Huddersfield, West Ham, and Brighton on 35. And Big Sam successfully getting Everton out of the picture, despite the fact that he's terrible, (laughs) that Everton have been terrible. (laughs) Yeah, Everton sitting in ninth. He's also terrible. We can call him terrible. Yes, yes. I mean, this is well, a wait, but, fucking I mean, did he do what he had to do? Like, yes. where were Everton when he, when he came on? They were like 16th. Yeah, no, I mean... The top half now. Yeah, he's great at what he does, and he is not an ethically upstanding manager in any respect. I don't need my managers to have good ethics. I need them to have good tactics, uh, entertaining football, and win games. Hmm. Yeah, that's a big ask. Yep. Well, do we? I mean, West Brom. We still assume they're all they're going down, right? Yes. There's no light heroics here. Uh, West Brom are the original great escape artists. Yeah, they're you the. You never OGs. know what a win at Old Trafford can do for the um, momentum. There's a lot. It's only one There's match. A... They can't celebrate like they're winning a trophy. But they do. Yeah. They do welcome in Liverpool, and then they. Uh, and then they have to play Newcastle. And There's then... a lot of teams that need to falter above them, too. Just two. Yeah. Just two or three. Just two or three. Again, it's a great escape for a reason, Seb. They don't need, they don't need to catch Huddersfield. No, they need to catch Swansea. They're nine points behind, and they also have a game more played. And they play Liverpool, and they play Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, so good, good luck with that one. Uh... But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things shake up in the bottom of the table. Uh, now we go to scoring predictions. First up, a makeup or makeup game. We gotta, you know, we still have f- fixtures from match week thirty-one. So, Burnley Chelsea is one of those makeup games. Uh, I'm going one-one in this one. <sighs> I, this is so hard to predict on form. I want to pick Burnley, but I still think Chelsea are going to do it two-one. Um, I'm going to take the team that's higher in the uh, form table. In fact, you can't get higher than Burnley. They are number one in the form table. One nil Burnley. Okay, also, so, Chelsea suck. They're dead. Yeah, so we're spread out on that one. That's that's all good and fun. And then we got some match week 35 games. Uh, first out, Spurs on the road against Brighton. I'm going three nothing Spurs. I'm going to go two nothing Spurs. For the sake of being different. I mean, Harry, Harry Kane needs to go score some goals if he's going to catch Mohamed Salah. Just, yeah. uh, somebody else could score goals and they'll give him the Kane. Yeah. <laughs> I made a Kane just... joke last week and nobody heard it because of the last episode. Had to make another yeah. one. Yeah, that's okay. Um, two, nil, 2 nil Spurs. I'm going to go with Paul on this one. Then we got Bournemouth against Manchester United. 2-1 to one Manchester United is my pick there. Um, I was really high on the uh, 
like Bournemouth will hit them for an early goal and United are going to flip it around thing. But the more I think about it, like United did lose at Bournemouth like two years ago, and I think it happens again. So I'm going 1 0 Bournemouth. Okay. 1 1. I'll spread it on my one, two, and that's fun. And then Leicester Southampton. Two I'm to... allowed to get spread out. I have like a 30 point lead. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, two to one, Leicester. I apologize. 24 point lead. Uh, what'd you say, Sub? Two nil? Two to one, Leicester. I'm going two nil, though. Actually, I'm no. Going... Southampton a fight. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go one, one, so. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm going two, two. Southampton. Have a fight. Two two. Southampton have had some spunk in them recently. Yeah, they also have four Mark losses Hughes in a is, row. Mark Hughes is Southampton. Yep. Yeah, well, they're gonna get a draw. Ah, okay. Well, I guess that's a little bit better than a loss, at least. Uh, okay. With that, we'll say goodbye. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Polly is P Questel, and Elliot is Keats. Was better. We'll talk to you again later in the week. Then it will probably just be Polly and Elliot. And hopefully the episode will get uploaded. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.